Welcome back. I'm Aliza Kelly, and this is the third episode of Stars Like Us, a new podcast about astrology, pop culture, witchcraft, occultism, celebrity gossip, and everything in between. At the time of this recording, I've now released two episodes, and I am so grateful for all of your amazing support. Thank you so, so, so much to everyone who's listened. My mission here is to build a community, to unite all of us stargazers and mystics and empaths and witches, to create a safe space to dive into our divination, our curiosities, our intrigues, and all that exists within the gray areas of life, all of that stuff that's overlooked and all of that stuff that counts. So please write to me. My email address is info at and tell me what you would like to hear on Stars Like Us. What topics would you like me to explore? Would you like me to talk about certain planets, phenomena such as retrogrades or Saturn return, eclipses? Who should I interview? And what would you like me to ask them? And please hashtag Stars Like Us this is a great way for all of us who identify as like-minded stargazers and the occult curious to connect. This is so important because right now is a time of so much disconnect. So I want stars like us to not just link us to our ancients, the Babylonians, but also to each other today, right now. So in the spirit of this, one listener wrote to me last week and asked if I could record an episode that discusses the link between the moon and its relation to the role of the mother. The thing is, is that I can understand the relationship between you and your mother, you and your father, you and your siblings, your ex, your current lover, your best friend, without ever even knowing who they are, what their chart it looks like, or even what their sun sign is. And the reason for this is because the entire universe already exists within you. All of that information is embedded within your cosmic DNA, which we look at by way of the birth chart. So how does this work? <laughs> well, first, what we need is to accept the fact that no one person is anything other than perception. It's kind of crazy to think about, but it's true. We are nothing other than the way that we perceive ourselves to be. Our self-perspective is really important because what we project out to the world is what we receive in return. Now let's complicate this even more. In relation to someone else's chart, it doesn't really matter how you see yourself. Other people may see you differently. And this is reflected in the chart as it informs all of your relationships. So your mother may see herself as loving and gentle and sweet, but if you see her as cold and insincere, that's what's going to show up in your chart. Not how she sees herself, not how she self-identifies, but how you see and perceive her in relation to you. And that's why 
you can see every single relationship in your chart, regardless of how somebody self-identifies. Sometimes there's a direct relationship between the moon sign and your mother. Maybe your moon sign is her sun sign, or it's her rising, or it's her moon. But sometimes it's not as straightforward, and you need to look a bit deeper to understand how your moon sign reflects your relationship to your mother. So let's go through the 12 different moon signs and talk about how they relate to the role of the mother. The moon in Aries will suggest volatility or competition, anger, perhaps even a childlike dynamic. Perhaps you needed to mother your mother from a very young age. The moon in Taurus reveals a stable, grounded maternal force, but perhaps a mother who was a bit uncompromising with her perspective. The moon in Gemini is linked to communication. Perhaps your mother was an over or under communicator. And likewise, expression now plays a pivotal role in your life. The moon in Cancer is nurturing and supportive, but it may be moody and possessive too. We imagine an overprotective mother with this placement. The moon in Leo is vivacious, with a big personality. She's a creative force, but she may also overshadow her child's talents. The moon in Virgo is smart and intellectual, but could also be nervous and unsure. Food issues can also come up here. Virgo rules the digestive system, so food may have played a significant role in this child's life. The moon in Libra is diplomatic. She wants to make everyone happy. This could have come at the cost of her own needs or maybe her child's needs. The moon in Scorpio is a mother who is mysterious, deep, and intense. Sometimes she can feel a little scary, and sometimes that child maybe didn't feel as if she could safely communicate her needs. The Sagittarius moon is a mother who loves to do her own thing. Maybe this is wild and inspiring, but as a kid could also feel very confusing. Why doesn't my mom care about certain things? Why does she make certain choices? The moon in Capricorn is strict and serious. This could expose a mother who had a lot of rules or a child who needed to make a lot of rules for her mother. The moon in Aquarius is a bit aloof. <laughs> it could feel a bit clinical sometimes. Perhaps their mother was unable to connect on a deeply emotional level. And finally, the moon in Pisces is dreamy and mystical, but embedded in escapism. When we talk about the mother, we're not just referring to the biological woman who birthed you. Mother is not about gender, nor is it about vagina. It's about symbol. Whoever symbolized mother or the maternal spirit in your life is going to be reflecting that lunar energy. And then, of course, we need to look at the aspects. What is the moon doing in relation to the sun and to Saturn, which represent the father and the patriarchy, respectively? What is the moon doing in relation to Venus, the planet of love and values? What is the moon doing in relation to Mars, the planet of action? And all of this is going to shed invaluable light on who you are and what people mean to you in different contexts. 
how do you build relationships? Why do you build relationships? And what do they mean to you? When I think about the moon, I also imagine the Rider Waite tarot card. The background is a strange sort of acidic blue, and this image of the moon is embedded into the sun. It's sort of an eclipse image. There's a dog and a wolf, the tame and untamed, and they're howling at the celestial formation as a crustacean, a lobster, crawls from the water onto the shore. And this card, the moon card, is about intuition. It's about that gut feeling we have when something is good or something is very wrong. And that gut feeling is actually something we develop as a child, as a baby, in the womb. It's something that we inherit from our mother. It's something we learn from our mother. And it's something that links us to the past. The moon card is our intuition through our past, through our lineage, through our DNA. And all of this is a perfect segue to introduce my guest, whose name is Sarah Potter, and she's an amazing art advisor and color witch and intuitive tarot reader. She's a delightful person, and I'm so grateful for the conversation that we had, which was fueled by so much magic. So enjoy, please share with me your thoughts, and be sure to hashtag stars like us so I can follow along with your journey too. I am here with the beautiful Sarah Potter, who is an art advisor and color magic theorist and overall just great person. Oh, thank you so much, Lisa. Thank you so much for being here with me and recording this podcast, Always Like Us. (laughs) I am so thrilled to be here. So uh, first and foremost, if you wouldn't mind introducing yourself, what you do, and just giving us you know, some of the some of the highlights of who is Sarah Potter? Oh, that's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> it's, this is already tough. Wow. We're, we're already getting into the deep stuff. <laughs> Let's see. Well, I want to make the world a more beautiful, more meaningful, more conscious place. I do a lot of things. So that's why I'm trying to figure out how to sum it up. But I feel like I really want people to live out their dreams. I want to help people conquer their dreams. I want to make this world a more beautiful, conscious place. I want to empower people to manifest all of their desires and feel that they deserve to accomplish everything they've ever wanted. And I know that's a lot to take on through color and art, but it's all possible. And you use um, art and color and tarot, right, as, as within part of your practice. Yes, I feel like it's all seamlessly interwoven. So how did this begin? What was your entry point into these different types of, um, into these different portals for you? So I've never been good at holding down a job I hate. Um, <laughs> and I just feel like there's something... You know, I really determined recently, like, I think about death all of the time. And it's like, I think I've just, uh, I don't know if it's anxiety. I don't know if it's like that, like my inner goth teen that's still there. But I feel like this uh, time is running out. 
I want to see and do as much as possible. I think that I want to be ready to go at any moment. <laughs> so I want to make the most of every every minute I have. And that's like, these are some big undertakings I have. But, you know, I feel like I, I have, I wanted to enjoy every minute and I want to enjoy how I make my money. I love working with my friends and I love enjoying what I do. And I really love art. And I feel like art is really intimidating to a lot of people beyond the way like, I feel like music is so accessible for people, and I feel like art should be just as accessible. Yeah, and so it's just art. I feel like art and music really saved my life as a teenager and gave me a purpose to work towards. And I want to share that love with everyone because having meaningful, impactful art, or even just art you enjoy, it doesn't have to have this big, heavy meaning to it. Uh, living with this type of art at any budget can really change your life and I think the visuals we surround ourselves with are so impactful and important and the colors that we adorn ourselves with that we adorn our homes with all of that adds up to a more conscious effect in our lives. I know that you have a workshop that you lead on color theory Um, and if you wouldn't mind sharing at least giving us some of the highlights from that as well I would love to it is so I I feel like when you are teaching something you need to lead by example and so color magic embracing color magic truly changed my life I feel like I it's always like a love of color and an enjoyment of color has always been part of my life I also like when I was a kid, one of the jobs I dreamed of having was naming all the Crayola crayons. Oh, my God. That is amazing. Right? That just sounds really fun. Yeah, and it also is amazing that that was a dream job of yours as a kid, and now you're here as an adult person talking about color magic. Right? I mean, like, well fucking done. Thank nice you. Nice manifesting. Thank you. And shout out to Crayola in case you are hiring or looking for a color magic theorist to help name those crayons are there have you worked with any major brands before in in figuring out colors for different products I have been working on some things that right now but I would love to do more of it I mean I work with clients in a corporate sense of what colors to bring into their spaces but like I mean like I dream big I want to be like doing color magic cosmetics color magic nail polish i want that too thank you thank you i feel like color magic crayola time like yeah i mean yeah. start them early start right? them young yeah feel that color magic and i feel like to bring it into astrology i feel like i had a pretty fucking brutal saturn return and um i mean it was it was needed and it was necessary and i'm glad i had it but i feel like part of the way I was able to cope with it was fully embracing color magic. And I like to say I completely changed my life and truly like I feel like I am living a life that is my dream life and dreams that I never thought were possible to accomplish. And one of the big ways I was able to do that was to start consciously using color and change the way I saw myself, change the way I valued myself, and show others how to 
treat me and respect me and I feel like it's that's why I just hate when people act like beauty rituals or color is so frivolous because it's not it's just the first step in so much and so my the goal of my workshop is to enable and empower anyone who takes it to begin to manifest all of their desires through the intentional magic of color so first of all that's fucking awesome right super super (laughs) super cool so you know here i am curious interested not quite sure how to get started where do we begin what is color magic how would i begin to implement this in my life and change my life and how could i make more money from it how can i be in a better healthier relationship how does color affect all of these things so each color holds a specific intention and vibration on the spectrum and so i feel like when we're working one-on-one with color magic we're able to dive deeper into the issues you want to tackle Um, you know, I feel like what are two of the biggest things people worry about love slash sex and money. A lot of the times what those issues really do boil down to are communication, uh, issues. How are we expressing ourselves? How are we trusting others? How are we letting them in? And a lot of that has to do with our mode of communication, which is, uh, associated with the throat chakra, which is blue. So blue is a great color to invite in in the first step of manifesting all of our desires. Because if we can't focus on what we want and express our needs, then how is anyone else going to know what we want and desire? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so bl- we, so we start with blue. Yes, I think blue is a great place to always start. And then, and then, so now my communication is flowing. I'm able to express you know what I want to my lover to my clients now how do we start incorporating and like layering other colors on top of that so I would say pink is a really great color to move to next I love I love love it's February it's the color of the moment and pink is that you know you touched upon it earlier it's that sweetness it's a very um innocent love but it's also the color of self-love and I know it's kind of corny but like you really have to love yourself before anyone else is I mean Mm -hmm. that's what RuPaul's always telling us yeah right right. and he's absolutely amazing I will literally listen to whatever he says and treat it as gospel as it is (laughs) so yeah so I would bring in pink next and I'd encourage everyone to truly um love themselves and it sounds so corny because I think like people want to push that away but if you don't if you don't love and value yourself then why would anyone else so so what should I do with pink should I paint my walls pink should I dye my hair pink should I wear pink like what does it mean to start in infusing a color into your life I mean, I recommend all of the above, (laughs) but not all of us are that ambitious and I respect and love that. But one of my favorite moments was I taught a workshop for Valentine's Day last year and it was like a Wednesday or Thursday evening in February and a woman uh, sent me a direct message on Instagram. It must have been like midnight or 1 a.m. It was after the workshop and she told me that she was already repainting her kitchen yellow. I was blown away by that because I was like, ooh, I'm not that ambitious to like repaint my home. But yeah, I love that. Hell yeah. You know, one thing that I think is a great way to invoke color magic 
that takes literally nothing is through color visualization. Just a simple color meditation. I feel like if you have a bathtub or um, it's a wonderful way, place to do a color meditation, but you can do it anywhere. Um, and just close your eyes and get into a really centered, grounded space and imagine yourself bathed in that color of intention. Feel it washing over you and really like think about what you're invoking here because I think it's important. I mean, like I love stuff. I love like buying stuff and like crystals are really wonderful and adornment is great, but we don't always have the resources or the necessity of time to collect all of these tools and I think it's really important to remember that you possess all of the magical tools you need so the power of visualization is real it's very effective and um that's like a great first step in color magic let's talk about tarot a little bit I would love to so you also have a very rich tarot practice I would I would refer to it as a rich tarot practice you. you um, you work with clients, you, uh, you have lots of different decks that you pull from. I know that you also use Instagram as an amazing way of teaching people the associations of different tarot cards, which is such a gift that you're giving us all. Um, how did you get started? What do you think about the vocabulary of it? Like, what are your thoughts on tarot? So I love tarot. I'd feel like if color's my first love, like, well, like tarot's right there too. I think that would you say tarot's your mistress? I feel like probably just because it sounds so much more thrilling. Yeah, it's so thrilling. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so sexy. Right. That's who I want to be with all the time. <laughs> and I think that everything can be explained through the tarot. Like every answer's in there, every perspective, every archetype. Like it's if it's not in there, you're not doing it right. I just feel like, you know, it's, I think it's also like what we were talking about earlier. Some people connect, you know, it's not their language, but like, that's the language that I understand and connect with. Um, and I fell into it when I was 12, which feels like when the first time we're really exploring this notion of our spiritual selves. And I mean, like a 12 year olds obviously aren't adults, but I feel like in some cultures they are and like in so many in past times like that is you're on the precipice of adulthood and um I think it's a natural time that a lot of people kind of like fall into their like witchiness mm-hmm. and uh love of the occult and I feel like as I've grown and uh like tarot's grown with me and my relationship has grown and I think it's like through the miracle of indie publishing becoming more accessible. There are so many incredible, evocative, interesting, all-encompassing decks. I think there's a deck for everyone out there. You don't have to be like woo-woo. I mean, who doesn't love stories? Who doesn't love symbols? It's Mm -hmm. just, I really do think there's something for everyone there. And I just, I really enjoy it. I feel like tarot something I really fully embraced uh, after my Saturn return I am sober I'm like super proud of being sober and using tarot was part of the way that I created this reference of new structure and accountability in my life and I just I I love 
the stories and symbols that come out, the perspective it's offered. And I feel like I'm able to channel messages through this deck to my clients. And for me, pulling a card every day and thinking about it, thinking about what it means to me, uh, feeling like, what do I need to hear from this card right now? And I mean, having something like, this is the first thing I'm going to do every day and I'm going to hold myself accountable for it is really important to implement structure. That was the first thing where even if it's like, I mean, I think we've all been at points in our lives where it's like even getting out of bed is going to be an insurmountable task. Mm -hmm. And um, so I'm going to get out of bed and I'm going to get my tarot deck and I'm going to see what's in store for me today. And I did that. So now I'm on to the next thing. And I just, it's such, there's so much history. There's so much rich, beautiful symbolism in there. I really feel like, Nothing is too um, over your head or woo-woo. There's just everything's in there. And I feel like something I've been tackling this year is trying to get a um, deeper perspective and distillation of each card and really bringing it out of when it was created into a more modern time. Like, and what does it really specifically mean to me? Mm -hmm. And trying to get that, like, bigger perspective and developing further developing my own language to each card Mm -hmm. yeah I think that that is um an essential part of it I also love tarot so much and one of the things which you I think said so beautifully and so eloquently is that every answer you could ever need is within the deck the deck itself is an entire world um I'm a um, I I love Rider Waite It's my favorite deck. I work with it all the time. I have lots of other decks, but I'm always drawn to that. I also studied on it, so it's the deck that I, it's the vocabulary that I'm most fluent in. But the thing that really, really seals it for me is that if you put all of the cards together and lay them out, the entire landscape is reflected 360 in them. And you're really, it's a whole kingdom. And every archetype every circumstance situation it simultaneously is all happening in the present but then can easily move back between past and future I just I I think it's incredible that um there is no you know there's no mysteries in tarot ironically even though it is (laughs) esoteric and um and has all of these incredible mystical properties mystery is not one of them Everything is very literal. I love that. So good. And they're so funny. Like, I think the decks have such a sense of humor, the way they, like, play with us. And I totally talk back. And I'm like, I don't want to hear that right now. Yeah, like, rude. Yeah, no. (laughs) I do, too. Yeah, I'll pull a card. And it's, like, the same. It's, like, I'll keep getting the Wheel of Fortune. And I'm like, I get it. Like, (laughs) I I hear you. (laughs) Universe got it. Yes, I know. And then you're like, no, but I want something else. You shuffle up the cards really, really well. And then you pull the same card again. Yeah, every time. It's like, no, bitch, this is what you need to hear. What are some of your favorite decks? Ooh. You know, it really depends on my mood. I What's been so lovely is so many artists have sent me decks as gifts. And it's been so meaningful and so kind. And I really enjoy seeing the way that different artists interpret 
these potent symbols. I love the Sluttist deck. I think that one's really um, funny and inclusive. I love Mary Evans' Oracle decks. Um, I think she's her interpretations of the symbols are really, really great. Um, I use the Road to Nowhere Oracle deck all of the time. I love Holly Simple. I feel like she is really evoking the teen witch through her illustrations. Um, Penny Slinger's Tantric Dakini Oracle is a cosmic mind-bending full force wild ride. I love that one. And honestly, like the deck I use with clients is the Miss Cleo deck. It's all ancient Egyptian imagery and she's on the cover and I just love her i loved her ads when i was a teenager wait it's miss it's miss cleo as in the oh, psychic hotline the miss cleo call holy me now holy moly i want to get this deck that's right it's fantastic and you can still track it it's from 2001 you can still track it down and if you get the really classic one it comes with a vhs tape that's oh my right. god yes i'm gonna look into this yes that's right i have an interesting miss cleo fact <gasps> tell me I was making an allusion to Miss Cleo, and I included her. She's a Leo, and I oh. included her date of birth in it. And I, it was—it's a drink. I was alluding to her in a drink called the Fortune Teller, which I put in the Leo chapter. And I said, "Did you know Miss Cleo is a Leo?" She was born in the '60s. Um, so I get the book back from the copy editor, and I'm reading through it, and suddenly. Miss Cleo is not born in the 60s. She's born in 60 BC. And I'm like, what the fuck? Who changed this? Like, yeah. who made this weird? Who decided that Miss Cleo was born, like, before Common Era, before Christ? Like, what is this? And then I did a little bit of research, and it turns out that Miss Cleo has the same, her date of birth is the date of death of Cleopatra interesting yeah Ooh. so they actually have it it's I, I believe it's let's look it up i think it's august 13th but i want to give people a, accurate information august 12th oh. so miss cleo was born august 12th 1962 interesting and cleopatra died august 12th 30 bce Whoa. So that's kind of cool. That is pretty cool. I love that. Yeah, I love Miss Cleo as well. I think that she, I, I feel like she is somebody who is really going to, um, she withstands the test of time. I think that we appreciate Miss Cleo more and more every passing year. Absolutely. I just still hear her saying, call me now whenever I conjure her face yeah she mind. actually if you i was watching the commercials not that long ago and she has some really good advice <gasps> she really does she knew what she was doing she really and she's very straight up which i really like i like that she's um she says what needs to be said very directly but with care and i actually that's how i wish to truly embody readings with my clients too like you've got to say it even if it's difficult to say but say it with sensitivity yes absolutely i think that this is some beautiful stuff we have here um is there anything that we should close out with any any last words and also where can people find you uh 
I really love connecting through Instagram. I feel like it's that visual language that's truly my medium. So I hope you'll follow me there. I am Sarah Potter, Sarah with an H. And uh, that's also my Twitter handle, which I'm not connecting with as much as Instagram, but I want to. So I hope you'll meet me there. And let's see, what should we close it out on? I don't know. I feel like embrace color magic. I mean, yeah. What color? Well, maybe yeah. let's close it out with a color. Yes. I'm really feeling like everyone needs some purple right now. That's like, that's the color of our intuition. And talking about how important following your intuition is, I feel like it's always a good color to invite in. Let's close out with some purple. Yes. Thank you so much, Sarah. <gasps> this you. has been so lovely. Thank you for having me. This is so fun. <laughs> Bye.